0: In Southeast AgNet's Ag in review for the week ending August 21st, 10 Far West cotton producers recently took part in a statewide tour of Georgia agriculture as part of the National Cotton Council's Producer Information Exchange, or PIE, program. But prior to that, 13 southeastern cotton producers were able to observe cotton and other agriculture operations in California's San Joaquin Valley. Preston Jimerson from Doron, Georgia, was one of those on that tour.
1: National Cotton Council has the pie tour, and it's basically to get all the different farmers from different regions to see another side, uh, understand what other farmers are going through, and to try to better understand how their farming practices uh, sometimes are similar and sometimes are very different uh, from what they're used to. And what he saw in California was different from what he's used to in Georgia. We're used to terraced land, um, rolling hills, pine trees surrounding all every field uh, we don't have anything This is square everything here is different uh, from the way they irrigate the, the different issues they face um, and the general landscape is completely different
0: now in its 27th year the pie program is sponsored by Bayer crop science through a grant to the cotton foundation the program is designed to give cotton farmers from across the cotton belt first hand experience of how their peers from different cotton producing regions are adapting to challenges and using current technologies and it was a tour where Jimerson really learned a lot.
1: The POT Tour opened my eyes a lot. So the issues that we face at home, uh, many of them are, are issues that we can't overcome. I and mean, there are things that we can have a direct impact on. These guys, a lot of the regulatory issues they face come about and are set in place by people in cities who do not understand the true uh, challenges they really put them under whenever they do set the regulations in place. And and uh, for that, that's tough.
0: For more information about the pie program, visit the National Cotton Council website at cotton.org. Well, a number of peanut farmers from Alabama, Florida, and Georgia attended the annual University of Florida Peanut Field Day at the North Florida Research and Education Center near Mariana, Florida on Thursday. Peanut breeder Barry Tillman was pleased with the event. I think we had some really good information to share with growers today. We had about
2: 150, we think, turn out. Um, and uh, six uh, speakers, experts in anything from weed control, varieties, uh, plant physiology and insects control and agronomy.
0: When you take a look at the crops and, and the trials that you all have, how do they look overall this year with the different varieties and, and different aspects that you have?
2: Overall, it looks very good. Uh, we have had very little tomato spotted wilt virus, which is good for growers, not so good mainly for our breeding program where we're trying to select for resistance, but I think that's a good thing for the industry overall. Uh, we've had um, sufficient rain in some areas, but not too much. There has been more rain fall down in the um, uh, in the Citra area in our tests there, but our tests here look very good overall. We were we're able to get the diseases we need to do the the screenings. Uh, we're also able to avoid the diseases where we're trying to just manage for yield and grade. So I think overall the tests look really good this year.
0: So what was your main message guys?
2: Our main message in my stop is really uh, peanut varieties and how peanut varieties can help them improve their productivity and help and hopefully improve their bottom line as well. And overall, we want uh, our stops to look at how growers can save money in producing peanuts because we know the prices are low and they need something to help them counteract that.
0: Our recommendations for, as you said, varieties make a difference, but recommendations on what they can be looking at for next year.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be really important that they maintain rotations uh, in a climate like this. I know that other crops are not as... Uh, Don't look as profitable and so that would lead to them reducing their rotations. But that's also going to lead to reductions in yield, which they really can't tolerate with lower prices. So maintaining yields of peanut is going to be really critical. So I think maintaining rotation is going to be important, selecting the best varieties, doing the best job they can at managing costs of fungicides um, and labor and equipment. All those things are going to work together. There's no really one magic bullet, but it's how you can manage the whole farm profitably.
0: In other news, for many cattle producers, the question right now is what are you going to plant this year for winter grazing? And according to Dr. Ann Blunt with the University of Florida's North Florida Research and Education Center, that decision needs to be made very soon.
3: The skinny is that we're short on a lot of cereal rye and the triticale is almost non-existent. And even the oat crop took a hit this year. So if you're counting on planting winter forages, make sure that you book your seed supplies early from your distributors. And uh, you might want to consider stocking up on some hay and some other types of supplements. It's going to be a tough year for small grain seed in particular.
0: She explains the short supply this year.
3: We had a really poor season during um, when the plants were flowering. A lot of the cereal rye and triticale didn't ever set seed. Oats had a tough time with daily rains, and we had a lot of lodging at harvest. So between the diseases, the rainfall during pollination period, and uh, very weak uh, straw and a lot of lodging during harvest, Small grains in the southeast are going to be tight in supply for seed.
0: So along with getting your winter Winterford seed orders in soon, Dr. Blunt also has this recommendation.
3: You might consider uh, making blends with cereal, rye, and uh, triticalean oats with with ryegrass, because ryegrass is relatively inexpensive. There's a lot of ryegrass seed in the market. Ryegrass is produced out in Oregon. And the blend of small grains and ryegrass gives you a very long season of forage production for your livestock.
0: In other news, Kathy Isom tells us how those peanuts in your favorite candy could soon be good for your heart.
4: Due to a shortage of highly oleic Spanish peanuts, which are often found in our favorite mixed nuts or candies, USDA researchers in Oklahoma developed a peanut variety that will have a longer shelf life, taste better, and be better for you. They're high oleic, and they do provide extra value and are highly marketable. Kelly Chamberlain of USDA's Agricultural Research Service says highly oleic peanuts contain monounsaturated saturated fatty acid, a good kind of oil that promotes heart health, and the value added applies to the shelf life and taste. That you usually find in candies or also in canned nuts or mixed net. Now, high oleic peanuts compared to those that are not high oleic tend to last about 10 times longer on the shelf. Olay is now in the certified seed production stage after years of field testing. The hope is that next year there will be enough seed to go around for farmers to start producing this commercially. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast AgNet.
0: And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Grinder talks about genetic change occurring naturally.
5: Genetic manipulation isn't always done in the laboratory or soil test plots. Mother Nature has a way of changing the growth patterns of plants that we grow. The beefsteak tomato is perhaps the most cultivated plant of its kind in the world. It's grown for its size as well as its flavor. It's bigger because it has changed genetically by itself. And look at the pumpkin. We've had a new world record pumpkin every year since 1998. The current record's over a ton, by the way. It keeps changing by itself. The original corn was one tiny ear to the stalk. It changed its own genetic system to give us two giant ears. And human efforts to make three ears per stalk have not been successful. But man won't give up. The quest of three or more giant ears of corn on every stalk continues. Meanwhile, Mother Nature Continues to play her hand. And that's Ag Review for today. Evergrinder Southeast Agnet.
0: Those reports and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.